When we start racing uh, in the Italian Championship in the sport production, we've been, uh, I remember, first race, 110 participants in my category. What? I, I promise you. Oh my Monza. God. Monza. Monza. 89. I can't imagine. 110 <laughs> participants. In that 110 participants, there was uh, the people who are still here. It's, uh, there was me, Massimo Meregalli, and Max Biaggi. And this is exactly the three survivors from the 110 participants who started the Italian championship in 89. So we've been uh, all 110 full of dreams, but just three are still involved here in, in motorcycle racing. You were just listening to Lucio Cecchinello, former rider and now the inimitable team manager of the uh, LCR Honda team. That's our guest this week, as you may have guessed. And it was an amazing chat once again. It's always interesting to get those figures who have been riders and team managers. They've been on both sides of the fence. I have such an amazing story and have also crossed paths with so many different people. This is the Last on the Brakes podcast. I by forgot the way, that part. Found, Welcome. Actually, I forgot to mention that. My name's Matt Dunn. This is found one alongside <laughs> me as ever. Uh, yeah, Lucio Cecchinello, an actual surprise guest today. We're expecting someone else, but uh, for reasons we, we can't divulge, really. But uh, I mean, that makes it sound like a lot more yeah, mysterious. Yeah, it's, it's not actually that sinister, to be Just honest. didn't quite fine. work out, yeah, so we have Lucio. Timings and everything <laughs> like that. Logistical problems, should we say. Uh, but they will be with us uh, at another point throughout the season, which is very exciting. But wow, what, a, what I found was a, an inspirational podcast, actually, with Lucio Cecchinello. Uh, a rider turn team boss who just did everything when he first started out at the age of 25 I think this could be the episode for the budding entrepreneurs out there and people who just really want to understand what it takes to be at the top of the sport for 25 years I think definitely yeah it is their 25th anniversary or it was their 25th anniversary just like the day before 31st we, uh, of March we're recording this so this, is, this has been released quite late isn't it's it in comparison? Thursday of the yeah. Doha GP today uh, but yeah it's pretty incredible attitude and just general kind of story of his career and how many different things he's done to get the team off the ground those kind of Hervé Poncherol rock and roll tech 3 vibes as well all these guys who were here you know a couple of decades ago I love that kind of stuff just yeah. hearing how they just like had a bike in a crate and for someone who uh, has clearly had a lot of stress in their life from what judging by what he told us he's looking surprisingly good for that amount <laughs> of stress as well I think if I had that amount well I certainly wouldn't have this much hair uh, and I'd be a lot more grey and yeah <laughs> and as you'll hear as well he has absolutely no intention of stepping away from MotoGP one of his biggest lockdown discoveries was his pure love of everything that he does in the past every day so that's a really nice note i think yes without so, uh, further ado let's, let's go let's take it away so as everyone can see our wonderful guest this week is lucio Cecchinello. thank you so much <laughs> for joining us as well because we won't go into too many details but you were a last minute savior we were going to beg you for some time in portimao but as it was today so thank you very much to you for that and for coming on at all and it's also a great year to speak to you because it's a very special year for you and the team. So we thought we'd start with that. Uh, it's 25 years now that the LCR team has been in the World Championship. 
could you ever have imagined when it began with you on the bike as well that you'd be here now with premier class wins and the incredible story that you've written together no i i i, I couldn't imagine i mean uh, when we started we we really decided the last minute i was uh uh, European champion in '95, and then uh, I, I decide, uh, you know, or either I go to race with some teams, or either I do my own team. What is the best? And then I started to look at all the possibility to race with uh, some team, and then uh, I felt that, uh, you know, I didn't have the the. the perfect opportunity especially because I was already uh, 25 years old I was quite late in my age you know but in that period in that era it wasn't that old but anyway um, I decided I don't know how many years I can race uh, still in the future so it's better to prepare the future so let's do uh, crazy things and then uh, I do my own team like in that period dear Claudio said Jorgas Parmartinez said Sito Pons said so that riders were my inspiration and then I said okay let's go but I need to, to do everything in a couple of weeks you know wow then, okay yeah. <laughs> so from two weeks to 25 years later <laughs> yeah and then uh, you know there was like uh, wow what what i'm going to do now so i need to find a mechanic and then i remember that i had some uh, good mechanic when i was racing in 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 the italian uh, championship and then I contacted him, but he had a, he had a business. He had a, he had a, he had a motorcycle dealer. And then he said, "Okay, Lucio, I can uh, I can find a way to 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 come with you anyway." And then I have an, another friend who is a bicycle mechanic. He, he can <laughs> wow, he can come okay. with me. He can come with me. I said, the "Bicycle mechanic," but he, they have no experience. He has no experience in motorcycle race. No, no, no. He is a motorcycle rider as well. He know a lot. He fixes motorcycle. He go racing by his own. <laughs> so no problem. Then I trusted so much uh, him. His name is Paolo Cordioli after he's a very, very well-known technician because uh, he was uh, our technician and then also Dani Pedrosa technician and then also Mark Marcus technicians and, and wow. uh, Sebastian Porto technician, Randy De Punier technician. So anyway, we started really with almost nothing, just, uh, you know, a small van and then we arrived in Malaysia 30 on, on, on the 27 March uh, to oh, 96. Yes, and the race was uh, 31st March, 96. That's why yesterday we said we, yesterday we are going was to celebrate, big, you yeah. know. <laughs> we arrived in Malaysia with only one crate. Imagine, you know, now <laughs> I have uh, like 52 crates. We arrived just with one crate. There was the motorcycle and then squeezed all, all the parts and the, and the laser suit and the helmets and the fuel tank and every, everything, spare parts, squeezed on a, on a unique single crate. And uh, after so many years, here we are. Here That's we are. Absolutely crazy. Fifty-one <laughs> extra crates later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the thing that was uh, that struck me whilst you were telling that story was, uh, and it sounds kind of silly, but you you didn't have WhatsApp or smartphones in that time either. Everything would have been done by phone call, talking in person, this and that. That must have been incredibly stressful. Um, what, how did it feel at the time? Did you register it at the time? Well, uh, you know, everything, of course, uh, was lower. You know, the world went, went slower. It was lower, you know, because of all the communication system. And this is exactly what I was thinking right yesterday, I yeah. promise you. Right yesterday, <laughs> I said, you know, how nowadays with uh, all the, the easy 
way to communicate with the device that we have uh, to communicate is fantastic. But in that period, we just had, uh, of course, a phone call. We, we, I, in that period, I was was lucky. I, I had my own uh, own mobile phone, which in the day was like I have my own mobile. Uh, phone. <laughs> oh come on, I'm not that, that old. <laughs> yes, that was not meant to be an age roast. <laughs> That was meant to be a phone roast. No, no. In reality, yes. Uh, before, uh, there, a couple of years before, there was like the, the pretty, pretty big uh, bag. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in my in that era, there was already the the, the Motorola, you know, the, the mi- MicroTac Motorola, something <laughs> like this. Okay, you know, then uh, then uh, we had the, the the fax. Basically, I remember that I was. Um, communicating a lot with the sponsor by by fax you know because uh, in that period uh, of course we 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 had email or whatever but uh, many many sponsor company uh, was like uh, a small uh, uh, companies uh, around bologna town they were like uh, motor club supporters and they had the small businesses and then they only the facts, you know, <laughs> so the, we, we send the, the, like the press release uh, made by my mum. No <laughs> way. Yes, oh, yes, yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, by facts. Wow, that that's, is, that's incredible. That's well, okay, well, that's not something we'd expected to come up in that. We're going to talk about all of the on-track glory and everything else. But before we get on to you more as the team manager and the success you've had later, how was it in the team riding and managing? How much were you managing? Was it your team in name and then someone else was kind of taking that role? Or it sounds like it was just you, your bike and your guys going racing. Uh, th- that is that's the true, you know. That's the true, and uh, all the people who worked with me know how much uh, I worked, especially in that uh, in that year. I mean, uh, I work also very much now, but uh, let's say that um, maybe uh, that's the reason why I didn't really excel in my motorcycle racing career. I mean, I did quite well, especially by the end of my career. Uh, but um, my dream was to to win uh, the world title. I was uh, winning uh, f- several uh, few races. Uh, well, I had several podiums, but I wanted to win the world championship. Uh, I arrived twice fourth. Uh, I uh, in my last year of uh, racing I was leading the world championship uh, in 2003, and then I had a couple of crashes and so on. So I decided to stop anyway. Let's say that uh, for sure, from the the the, the energy uh, energy point of view, of course, the fact that I had to put the helmet, I had to train, I had to focus on racing, but as well, on Monday after the race, I have to, you know, uh, vi- come uh, back to the office and uh, you know organize with my secretary, with my sister, with my mom, uh, <laughs> all, the, all the other things, you know, and then uh, also visit the sponsor and so on. For sure, it took took me some energy you know out of from my potential but this is my story and uh, maybe without uh, that I couldn't be here enjoying so much uh, keeping my dream going on did you did you ever get a chance to rest then <laughs> to rest eh? yeah to, did you have a weekend <laughs> off did you sign yes, up yes of course yeah. well um, it it was pretty intense I can tell you that uh, I didn't do many vacation uh, until uh, I was uh, 
at least uh, at least uh, uh, five six years later after being having set up uh, my own team. So early thirties. Yes, yes. Wow. Before before honestly, I still remember fifteen August with uh, my teammate Nobi Weda in in Italy, Spain. French 15 August is like uh, you know it's the day of the rest this ah, yeah, is the day of the holiday <laughs> this is completely off for everybody you know <laughs> this is a must and I remember that uh, uh, cup, um, several 50 15 August I was working and then I remember exactly one 15 August spent the whole day in the office with Weda making the budget for the for the for the following years you know because Weda was racing with me but he also helped me a lot to find some Japanese sponsor to find some uh, you know some supporter and then we were working like a hell but you know at the very end it's not a sacrifice because uh, when you love your job when uh, you 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 really you know you really want to achieve something you definitely you know uh, enjoy work for it you know and then uh, it was uh, I never I never you know complained because I didn't uh, didn't sleep because every morning I woke up with so much energy to <laughs> you so going back to something you said before as well you said it maybe took some energy and you never achieved that dream of becoming world champion but also you said well then if I hadn't done that I wouldn't be where I am now it sounds like you're really happy with how you've become like team manager and the success as a as a team manager instead of a rider afterwards or would you have done things slightly differently well um of course uh, at the present i wouldn't change anything because uh, i mean uh, it's it's uh, it's a, a very a very privileged position to be in the MotoGP, to work with honda to you know to have um let's say uh, very good relationship with our team partners on the other end of course uh, thinking back i would like uh, I, I would love to have been able to win some more races to you know to to at least finish in the podium in a, in a world grand prix uh, season um but um, you know in life i believe that of course you need uh, always to look ahead but sometimes I, you also need uh, to stand up to stand to stop and then uh, also look behind you and then uh, if you are able to do that I think it's also important to not feel uh, frustrated or unhappy because uh, you know sometimes it's also good to stop and look behind you and behind me I remember that uh, when we start racing uh, in the Italian Championship in the sport production, we've been, uh, I remember, first race, 110 participants in my category. What? I, I promise you. Oh my Monza. Goodness. Monza. Monza. 89. I can't imagine. 110 <laughs> participants. In that 110 participants, there was uh, the people who are still here. It's, uh, there was me, Massimo Meregalli, and Max Biaggi. And this is exactly the three survivors from the 110 participants who started the Italian Championship in the 89. So we've been uh, all 110 full of dreams, 
but just three are still involved here in, in motorcycle yeah. racing. And uh, that's why I say, okay, I didn't uh, maybe win as I wanted during my career, especially in the, in the World Championship. But on the other hand, uh, well, you know, there is a lot of uh, people maybe who are still dreaming to be here. Can, can I ask you then, what, what's your opinion on, on how hard you worked, not just on focusing on the on-track action, but outside of the track as well? What do you think about riders these days and getting to just focus on what's happening in the session and riding the bike? This is the correct thing to do, absolutely. It was already correct things to do in my era. But uh, for some reason, the, let's say, the, <clears throat> the level of, of, the, of the competitors, the level of the competitions was tough, but not as uh, close as now. And uh, the sports itself evolved a lot. And uh, now everything is more, uh, more close, more uh, tough, more uh, tiny, more, you see the, the, the competition, the races, you know, you can see, you know, 10 riders fighting in the last lap for the victory, you know? It's something that... And in uh, MotoGP, not just Moto3. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so incredible. this is something that uh, it showed that all, the, the, all the, the, the competitiveness of all competitors are so, so high, then you need a rider completely focused on it and just doing it and uh, because any other uh, things to do would represent a kind of uh, of distraction and i would say definitely is better uh, how how they the rider nowadays face the, the their commitment for for doing racing okay that's good well one of the people we want to talk to you about winning now because you have won premier class races you almost got there first with Casey Stoner, who's one of your most famous and obviously went on to be a world champion um, alumni of the team. How was it working with Casey and those experiences and also getting so close to that win and kind of being in podium contention? Uh, Casey was a, was a special rider, definitely. Oh, I would say yes. The the most talented rider uh, we uh, we ever had. I don't want you know every rider we had. We are very proud. Every rider was special in some concern was you know unique. Casey was definitely the most talented rider because we realized that uh, whatever bike you give him, whatever whatever uh, is the circuit you are going to you know, to let you test, to let him test, or to let him in racing. It's uh, like he's able to, to perform so quick, but so quick, and to bring at the edge of the performance, the bike, uh, so, so fast that you, you know, with other more normal rider, you need more time. Casey was like, uh, he arrived here in Qatar. He never tested in Qatar. He arrived in Qatar and then Free pra Friday practice first, Saturday practice pole position, and then in the race he was uh, fighting for the victory, uh, and then uh, he had some tire drop, and then he finished uh, fourth, fifth. I don't remember. Anyway, he was really, 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 really good. Fantastic to work with him. Uh, very special, uh, very special rider, and. Um, 
we we miss you we miss him <laughs> definitely is yeah. that when you started to feel like LCR Honda can be really fighting at the front in MotoGP that was the first time you'd really kind of mixed it up yeah obviously but with the premier class like I was like uh, uh, you know almost uh, I, I almost don't, didn't understand how it could happen you know <laughs> that we arrive in MotoGP you know there are you know the major manufacturer in the world the biggest team in the world and then we arrive just with you know with um, some mechanic recovered by my team from 250 some mechanic recovered by Cito Pons team and then uh, you know uh, just you know we we didn't have so much experience and then immediately thanks to the talent of Casey bang pole position wow it was like uh, <laughs> it was uh, was like a dream for me it was like a dream really a dream and uh, i didn't expect uh, of course uh, yes i regret to not have been able to win a race with him because uh, we were very close a couple of times yeah you're right how does the how did the feeling of seeing eventually or uh, moving on kind of lcr honda on top of the standings at a race win how did that compare that feeling of seeing your name up there compared to what you felt that would feel like if you won yourself it's a different feeling definitely between you and me (laughs) don't say it to anybody but (laughs) I I much prefer to see my name up there, <laughs> I love know? it it's all of these revelations that shows you a, tr- that shows you a true racer right yeah there. exactly like, uh, a racer at heart uh, before the manager sorry to say but there is nothing compared to see your own name in right. the front of everybody and then you know to, to be the fastest you know and then it's that's you that's you you know it's uh, I did that with my right wrist <laughs> that's it you know that's it you, the feeling it's uh, you feel uh, you feel a different kind of proudness, definitely. But you feel special yourself. You sp- you feel uh, you know like um, like you are more bigger. You know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I love that. So talking about winning feeling, then obviously Cal, um, he finally brought LCR on top of the podium, not just once but a few times. Talk us through that, that first one in Bruno. It was incredible to see, obviously, British records all over the shop, but also for you guys in the team, it must have been such a special day. I tell you, there is a a particular moment that I had in the podium in that day. When I jumped the podium, I had the trophy from the team, and then I take the trophy from the team, and then I bring the trophy from the team in my head, you know, like this. And then uh, there was such intense moment for me there that uh, I felt, uh, you know, ghost bumps all over my body, you know. Mm. And it was a really, really fantastic feeling because after so many years of trying, of hard work, of, uh, you know, uh, commitment and and, and, uh, a lot of also difficulties, you know, because, uh, you know, it's not uh, all the time easy, you know. It's more the time that you, you have to swallow you know and then you have to manage also to overcome uh, the problems you know uh, it was a particular moment and then in that moment there was a photographer friend of mine who made a picture and then I have uh, 
made this picture big like uh, one, 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 one square meter <laughs> and then I have this picture in my office in my apartment <laughs> in my garage in my everywhere, <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> the press officer Vicky is nodding like she's seen this a few uh-huh. times <laughs> nice nice that is awesome. uh, we put also yesterday but yesterday press release I said please put this picture <laughs> there you go oh, I Perfect. love it that, that just yeah I mean I, I can't imagine what that must have felt like i'm 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 really interested to know though your sort of philosophy as a as a manager bringing it from the ground up from making calls talking to this person when you're 25 to now how how when it is they're running, 25 yeah when they're 25 <laughs> running the ship i'm sure lots of the listeners will be so interested to see how you manage do you have like eight arms or you know doing everything <laughs> still i imagine well um you know, I have to say thanks to a lot. I have to, to recognize. I have to say thank you to my parents first of all, because uh, my parents um, were. Uh, they give me kind of education where, uh, you know, Lucio, you want uh, to buy a moped. I when I was 14. Okay, then uh, you go to work uh, on a bar in the summertime. You know. And then uh, my first job was uh, working like a, a, a helper in a bar, making coffee. Uh, Very Italian. In uh, Gardaland. Gardaland is like a Disneyland. Uh, ah, in be- the Lake Garden? Near, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've been there? I think I've been past it, I think. Okay. Yeah, I love it. So basically, uh, what I want to say is that uh, every time my parents push me to to try to own my own stuff. And then uh, the fact that they push me to do things by my, my own, you know, to earn things by my own, it, it was really helpful because uh, I started to grow up with a, a kind of mentality where uh, whenever I need something, action, I do, you know? And then there is, I learned that uh, there is always a way to, to do things by your own. And then, Maybe, you know, I didn't know how to catch a sponsor. I didn't know how to, to do, you know, um, to, to organize a, a team or I didn't know many things. But at the very end, I realized that uh, there is always a way, you know, and then uh, it's, it's like this. When you really want to do something, sometimes it's like uh, mysteriously, mysteriously some help arrive from uh, external <laughs> people, you know. It's, it's kind of fantastic. That's why somehow I believe in the universe, you know. It's, 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 it's you know. There do, you, is, do you believe in that sense luck or circumstance? You believe that because you're doing all these other things that you just happen to be in the right place for help to arrive? Or do you believe, uh, yeah. what's, your, what's your take on that? I don't know. It's uh, it's uh, something very it's very quite complex. Quite a deep to question for yeah, the MotoGP yeah, podcast. Luck, <laughs> you know, luck, you know, I think luck or circumstance is a pretty no, fair question. I believe. You know what? I believe that there is a sentence in it, in Italian language. You say "aiutati che Dio ti aiuta." I believe that if you push yourself to move your eyes, if you move your ass, you, we can say here. Yeah. If you move your ass, somehow somebody will help you. Mm. You know, it's like, uh, you know, and then this is uh, something that I don't know why, but uh, it happened always like this, you know, not, I mean, uh, pretty much always when I had also problem troubles, when I had to do so many things, I would have need uh, eight arms, but uh, (laughs) bam, 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 it it arrived uh, always, I find a way, you know, somehow uh, I, I found a way. 
and uh, but nowadays is different i mean we are uh, 50 people in the team we are uh, of course we have uh, our you know uh, technical department uh, we have our warehouse we have our administration department we have our commercial department we have our com communication department everything is uh, split by department uh, every department has his own responsible responsible so of course i'm i I do not uh, take care about everything like before, but I just supervise. Mm -hmm. It sounds a little bit less stressful in terms of doing everything, mm -hmm. but maybe more stressful to just trusting and letting everything happen. <laughs> not not getting too tempted to micromanage, <laughs> but it seems to be working quite well as we uh, celebrate your 25 years as a team. Like we say, there's three Premier Class wins and now you've got Alex and Taka must be quite exciting for you knowing like we saw last year Alex on the podium already with Repsol Honda now he's with you Taka pole position Are you excited about this season as well with two young riders excited to to have uh, Taka confirmed with us uh, for sure for the next two years uh, excited to have uh, Alex Market uh, as well very excited because uh, they are young they are uh, really really focused and motivated to, to to make great things for their own career as well uh, very excited because uh, as you said they have already shown their potential the potential is there of course to to be honest i'm not so uh, we are not happy how we season started you know because uh, unfortunately there was uh, 22 rider start started three crash three retired three crash and then two of them was a rider yes. so uh, it honestly monday and also tuesday was uh, pretty pretty heavy for me but then uh, of course uh, like every time when you have a we have failure you have to just uh, you know uh, try to understand why it happened. You have to try to analyze, and you have to try to, of course, to to improve. You know, so we already make a lot of uh, meetings inside with the team, a lot of um, uh, check with the data, talk with the riders, and then uh, we honestly now we we turn the page. We are fully focused on the next Grand Prix, and uh, let's go ahead for the for the Doha Grand Prix. So for 25 years. I mean, there's going to have been a lot of moments like that. Not too many, obviously. But how do you pick yourself up after every time? You know, 25 years on, you've had a, a bad race day and on the Monday is quite difficult. Is there, has there ever been a moment where you thought, oh, I don't know how long I can keep doing this? Or has it always just been, nah, let's go? So far, so far, it's uh, always uh, like, uh, let's go. Absolutely. Of course, I do not hide the fact that uh, sometimes on Monday, for example, or when you have a rider injury, uh, you know, or uh, some uh, after race uh, uh, moment uh, like Monday, Tuesday, I need, I, I, I learn that I need between 24 and 48 <laughs> hours to, you know, to re find uh, back all the, the motivation at my maximum, at my best. Um, it was, uh, of course, I had a pretty tough moment, of course. Uh, I repeat, especially after rider injury, you know, it's, uh, it's something that you don't really want, you know. But, uh, but then 
you 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 set a new plan, new target, and then you restart. And this is what I love from my job. It's because uh, it's always uh, a challenge, a new challenge that start, a new challenge that uh, uh, you have to plan or you have to face. It's a fantastic. And I tell you one thing. La- last year when we had the lockdown, but the real lockdown that we had to stay home, we didn't know if yeah. we go racing or not. I stayed in my workshop. I live in my workshop for two months. Oh my goodness! Yes, yes, yes. I uh, I have plenty of video. I need <laughs> I need to post. Oh, wait, I've <laughs> seen some of the, I've, I've, I saw on your social media a few times. I, yeah. I thought, what? What's going on there? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, wow. I, uh, I I I would need to to get out some uh, some video. It was interesting kind of life because I was completely alone uh, and then leaving my workshop. But anyway, I took the opportunity to to you know, to to reset the workshop, to, to, to clean and to throw away a lot of things and to reorganize and also to prepare a museum in memory of my father, mm. who was a, a vintage motorcycle collector. Anyway, I realized in that period that uh, it's so, so, so boring to not have uh, any challenge, <laughs> any, any phone call, any, yeah. you know, any problem to solve that uh, I said, no, no, I, I hate this life. I don't want to have this life. <laughs> and I, you know, this is the, the, the nice side of, of the lockdown. Bec- in my case, because I really, really understood that, uh, no, for me, I don't want to, to, to think about to, to retire and to stop my team or to, you know, to, to relax because uh, that's my life I really like. Amazing. Well, that's good. That's a good lockdown revelation. <laughs> right, so I think now we'll we'll do what we've decided to do with all of our guests this year. At the end, just some quick fire questions. But this year, the five are always the same. So we can compare everyone's answers at the end of the year. <laughs> wow. <laughs> They're not too bad. <laughs> do you want to ask the what was the last one before first to give me some time to think? Yes, just in because case. we okay. learnt um, so, last, yeah, I was gonna say last year, last week we had a bit of a pause. Yes, we had Marini on last week and the last question we asked, he said, I actually need more time to think about this. So we'll ask it first this time. <laughs> so the quick fire questions. Number one is you have three people you can have dinner with. They're dead or alive. Who are those people? from history or around anyone, the world Anyone, celebrities, ah, anyone Three people who I would like to have a dinner. Yeah. yeah, in a dinner party. If you if you, you need more time to think, we can give you the second question and we'll come back. What do you reckon? <laughs> uh, I would like to have a dinner with, um, with some uh, former uh, world champion because, uh, you know, I felt, I f- when I had the opportunity, to, to have a dinner with, uh, for example, with Angel Nieto. I had so many uh, good uh, vibe it, 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 it sent to me, he gave to me, it's, it was fantastic. So I would like to, to have a dinner with, uh, I don't know, I would like to have a dinner with uh, Wayne Rene, mm. which was my, my hero when I was, was uh, a, young, uh, a, 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 a young guy, mm. when I started racing. Uh, with um, definitely with uh, maybe yes Kevin Schwanz okay 
Hey, this is a Those spicy dinner party. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> lots and, of stories uh, in this one. <laughs> and uh, also, I will say Wayne Garner because he's is is another uh, of one of my hero. <laughs> that era, cool. Okay, so the next question, a little bit easier. What's your favorite place in the world? Favorite place in the world. Um, Definitely uh, warmer places. <laughs> that uh, narrows it down. <laughs> uh, that could be your workshop, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> no, warm places. Uh, I mean, for t- you, you, you mean for vacation or for living? Anything or for to, to live or where you... To visit. The most beautiful place you've ever been or... Ah. Oh, I just the, the, the Well, uh, of course... Uh, I know. I, w- I would say. I would say. I love very much the the sea, the sun, the warm temperature. So I would say any any place in Thailand. I would say yes. Oh, I, th- I thought you might say somewhere like Thailand. Yeah. When you said anything about the warmth, yeah. Okay. I think, cool. I think we're going to go up the podcast charts yeah, in Thailand. Yeah. Now. Yeah. yeah so good thanks do. for that. Um, okay. So who was when you were younger your celebrity crush? A what, what was the word in we Italian? We learned it in Italian. Uh, cotta. Your first celebrity crush. Cotta. Cotta. Like Cotta means uh, that, that uh, like I got in love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's with a celebrity. celebrity. Yeah, yeah. like but with a celebrity. So who was your favorite kind of when you when you were younger? Your first celebrity crush. Mm, this I need to think. <laughs> wow, interesting. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> Let's move on to yes. the next one. Then we'll come back to that. Was it? Oh, it's me. Yeah. So what is your favorite dessert? Uh, the cake we the the cake that Victoria ordered uh, yesterday night uh, for our 25th oh, anniversary. Yeah. What was it? That's a good niche but good answer. <laughs> what, was, what was the cake? What flavor? Uh, it was uh, it was a cake with the strawberries. Nice. Uh, uh, with uh, with uh, um, how you call? Uh, almonds. Oh yeah, Lime, almonds. Yeah. Okay, so Vicky nice. says almonds, cream, and biscotti. The very nice. With the, with the, uh, this is honestly, this is my favorite one. That sounds very yeah. good. To okay. um, so technically, the last one is, but we're going to come back to uh, the celebrity crush. Well, well, do you have any phobias? Things like spiders, snakes, heights. Flying. Something you find your 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 fears, like a, a individual one. No. Wow, Honestly, two people we've asked cool. that and you both yeah. said no. Okay. Maybe we should change this in the yeah. quick fire round. Maybe no, no, we're, we're spiders, just you're okay with spiders? <laughs> oh, well, uh, of course, uh, I don't like, but I'm okay. not uh, like uh, I, I... Screaming. You know, screaming <laughs> and uh, escape like uh, like my mum do with, uh, with, the, with the Mickey Mouse. You know? <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Fair enough, okay. Okay, love it. So, celebrity crush. Oh, uh, well, uh, um, I was... Uh, Definitely not uh, not very very young, but I would say Madonna. Yes. Okay. Good answer. Yeah. yeah. Good. Yeah. Madonna was, was really cool. Eh? Thumbs yeah. up all around. <laughs> really okay. Cool. Perfect. Hey, Lucio, it's been really great to speak to you. <laughs> Thank um, you so much for joining us. Congratulations yeah. on 25 years. Yeah. Thank you so and much. We hope you have a good race weekend here, and then the rest of the season. And yeah. see, see you when it's the 50th anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, we'll do, do a, a catch <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Thank oh, you so much. Thank you for having me. 
so hope you enjoyed that perhaps probably the, one of the most inspirational podcasts we've uh, we've done before not quite so intended he did ask us when we actually went off uh, we we shut off the in, went off air that's not really that word, is it? but he did <laughs> when ask we us stop recording did i yes that's the word did did he talk too much and we said absolutely it was perfect it was really good your answers were outstanding thank you so much yeah so, it was great i think one of those like i said in the intro hervey poncherois kind of vibes also like lynn jarvis pit byra mm. some of those where you get a bit of a different conversation because a lot of them do have riding experience or at least tried to do that and then now they're on the other side of the fence it's i, I really love those kind of stories and lucho is a very interesting one and the people he's had in his team as well i Super. really found he was a very warm character as well yeah, i mean definitely. We, we've, we've obviously we say hello to him in the paddock but i wouldn't say we know his press officer rather well former colleague of ours but i wouldn't say we're the best of friends yet he's so willing just to be so open to to new people and, and talk with them good I mean, chat classic italian warmth yeah compared to our cold british hearts absolutely um, but yeah so we hope you enjoyed that if you didn't let us know but kindly if you did also let us know by leaving us a comment or you know subscribing liking all of those things everywhere and using the hashtag, we have the hashtag podcast yeah. on twitter make sure you get in touch there any feedback is good feedback but like i said be kind and let us know who you want to hear from in future if you have anyone in the paddock that we've not talked to yet that you're just dying to hear an episode from yes when uh, when as the season progresses we plan on making our way through sort of the paddock in and around different personalities so yeah we'd love to hear your suggestions as in and well. around yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the, for the people listening to the audio you didn't see the weird hand jive I did then oh but. yeah sorry I just realised that was a very only for YouTube joke Matt did a beautiful jive well. so we'll leave it at that and thank you very much for listening come back again next time and uh, like yeah. and subscribe bye <laughs> <laughs>